Hi, I'm Rob Knight, the host of Your Itinerary for Travel and Photography. You're listening to This Week in Photo. Bandwidth for This Week in Photo is provided by the CashFly Content Delivery Network. Send your web content blazingly fast with CashFly and now pay as you go. Start with two terabytes free by going to C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com and use the promo code TWIP. TWIP is also brought to you by FreshBooks, the simple cloud accounting solution that's helping thousands of new entrepreneurs and small business owners save time billing and get paid faster. Sign up for free today at FreshBooks.com and join over 5 million users running their businesses with ease. This is TWIP, episode 430, iPad Pro for Photographers. Last week, our friends in Cupertino announced several new products that had photographers across the globe salivating. iPad Pro, iPhone 6S, and 6S Plus, and an update to Apple TV. In this episode, we look into what these announcements mean for photographers and the industry at large. It's Monday, September 14th, 2015, and this is Twitter. All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of This Week in Photo. I'm here in a Google Hangout with my two good friends, Mr. Juan Pons, Mr. Dan Ablin. Hey, guys, how you doing? Frederick, how are you? Great, I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing good. I'm excited to get going with this show. Yes, me too. I I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I am am a self-professed Apple geek, not only because I worked at Apple. (laughs) A fanboy, geek, whatever, you know. (laughs) You know, I'm uh, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. People like use it as a derogatory term, but I'm okay with it. I've embraced my reality distortion field susceptibility. I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that's what this show is all about. Before we dive into it, Dan, I was in your city not too long ago, hanging out, which was my city, and now it's your yeah. city. What's uh, what's going on? We haven't talked in a while. I know, I know. I saw you when you're here. I didn't see you, but I mean, I was I was watching you online. Uh, so sorry we didn't get to hang out, but uh, next time. But uh, yeah. yeah, a lot has changed since I saw you last. Wow. Um, Uh-oh. I don't even remember when that was. It's It's been like three months at least, two or three months. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, we'd, we'd close the studio. Yep. I yep. remember that. Um, and the funny thing was with that, which could be a whole show in itself. Um, I want to say there's at least four other like really big photographers, studio photographers that same within the last year or two, we're done. Um, really? These are people that were keynote done, speakers. Not done with photography, just done. Not done with photography. Done with right. the brick and mortar. Done with the brick and mortar. Oh. Yeah. Um, and yeah, for us, yeah. yeah, we were okay with it, but it just it wasn't fun anymore. And uh, so I still have all my gear, all my lights. I still shoot. Um, you know, spoke at the out of photography conference this summer. Yeah. Um, speaking at a digital summit in uh, November. Uh, we're going to talk about digital photography. So yeah, it's still a big part of everything I do. But just we were just done with the the portrait studio. So yeah, so ran its just, course. It was seven years, you know? Yeah. So, so how not to dive, not to go in too much of a rabbit hole, but going from the quote terrestrial studio to like everyone else, like just, you know, the guy with the camera running around and without, without the physical place to meet. I remember when we first started talking, you were talking about how it's nice to have that physical Absolutely. place to meet because you can bring in the clients and wine and dine them you and do it. all that yeah. stuff. Then yeah. How is it now that you don't have that? Well, I'm not doing that. That's the thing. Okay. Um, for me now, it's just it's just shooting. I do have a couple of people that want me to shoot for them, so it's outside only. Um, and I'm holding on to the studio lights just just for now. Um, I'm not set up in a basement in the garage and doing all that. So I'm going back to my roots, which is shooting the city, um, more photojournalistic. That's what I went to college for, and yeah. um, you know, got into the studio thing about ten years ago. Did it, 
it was great. Um, but just kind of going going back to basics now. So so no more no more seniors and portraits and that sort of thing. Or are you still doing just that? my daughter? <laughs> Nice. Just my daughter. Yeah. And if I do the portraits, they're going to be uh, city based or I'm going to partner with another photographer uh, at their studio, something like that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, congratulations Thank on the you. evolution. <laughs> well, awesome. you know, there was part of it, too. I went to work uh, full time as well for, for Jim oh. Beam. Oh, um, I did for, wait a minute. <laughs> for yeah. Jim Beam. Mm. Yeah. Wait, hold, hold the press. Hold yeah. the press. This oh, is I told important. Lot of <laughs> Um, yeah, for I, Jim Beam. So, I was consulting like for them. What? I was consulting them doing uh, 3D, you know, help, you know, cause cool. that's the other part of all my work. Um, one thing led to another, they offered me a full-time job to come be their director of production, head of production. So I took it. Uh, so yeah. grew their photography, which was all for the social media, which you can go look online. And, you know, I wasn't, I shot a couple of times, but mostly I was heading up all the other photographers. Um, doing video, uh, bringing 3D on board, and then handling some of the print. Um, but mostly the production managers did that. So it was great. But as of a couple of weeks ago, I'm out of there. Um, so it was, it was a good year, but um, they eliminated the position. So now back to uh, doing some photography and 3D and some more digital work for a couple of other clients and got some other things cooking, which can't yeah, just say yet. Yeah, we we definitely need to do a yeah. a one on one sit down interview and catch up with you because I want to I want to dive in deep with this this transition from the really brick and mortar. Yeah, it's yeah. So let's dive in deep on that. Yeah. Um, the the other guest on the show is Mr. Juan Pons. <laughs> Mr. Juan sitting there like crickets growing. <laughs> I was going to say I had to drink my coffee. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I have some. What's going on, man? You. You have been you've been traveling around. Last time we spoke, you were just about to go to where the Sierras or something crazy like that. Well, you know, this, I usually take the summer off and you know do stuff with the family. We did a trip. I'm going. You know, I live in Maine, so we went down uh, to the Skyline Drive, Blue Ridge Parkway, Smokies. We spent some time in um, in Washington D.C. And I just been kind of crazy now. You know, this week actually last week was my first week at home for for real. Um, and because my, my, my season starts in two weeks, I start going full throttle, uh, of, you know, know up until next too. summer. Yeah. I know what that means. Cause I have deadlines. You and I have deadlines to work out. <laughs> right. We do. Yes. I mean, and a lot of those deadlines have been because you, you and I have been so busy, but yeah, yeah. I, um, I start going out to what, um, uh, do Acadia, then go to New Mexico, then go to Yellowstone, then go to, uh, Cuba, then go to Alaska and uh, I forget where else. <laughs> that is like the one... life. I swear that, you know, you're you're not the only photographer I know that does that stuff. But in that, whenever I hear that, like Martin Bailey will rattle off all these crazy places he's going as well. And it's just like that. I, I want to do that. I want to be that photographer that's like, yeah, I'm going to Madagascar and then I'm going to Paris and then I'm going to Milan and then I'm going to <laughs> South America. How do I get to be that guy? I want to be well, that guy. You know, sometimes you gotta <laughs> you gotta be careful what you wish for. You know, <laughs> traveling like this nowadays is not as much fun as it used to be. But, but no, I I feel I'm incredibly fortunate that I get to go to all these incredible places, see these oh, incredible yeah. things, and there's a lot of new stuff that I have planned that's gonna even be that's gonna put that all that to shame. 
in the next that's year or so. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited. With All some right, of you're stuff coming on coming. the show too. I hear another one-on-one interview that I need to do. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. All right, guys, uh, let's dive into the show. So the first cool. thing, story number one, last week, well, the, o- the overall show is going to be focused on the Apple announcement. So be forewarned, if you hate Apple, if you're one of those people that get sick of anything that has to do with Apple around <laughs> this time of year, this show is going to be talking about Apple because Apple that's overload. What, well, it's the name of this show is This Week in Photography, and that's what happened last week in photography. So, yes, that's right. So we're kind of obligated to talk about them because they're not they're not an insignificant company. So uh, the the what they made a number of announcements. The first thing I want to talk about is the iPad Pro and this iPad Pencil. So the iPad Pro is a twelve point nine inch iPad, a giant iPad. I'm reading the specs here. The resolution is 2732 by 2048 or 5.6 million pixels. And they say it's more pixels than any other iOS device they have, which is expected because this is bigger than any other iOS device they have. They said it's as wide as an iPad Air 2, which is the, the next smaller iPad, and as tall, meaning you can now split your screen to work on two apps at the same time with no like compromises or anything. They also announced a new smart case, which looks suspiciously like the Microsoft Surface, (laughs) their keyboard. Very similar. If not exactly the same thing. Um, And it has an eight megapixel eyesight camera in the back, 10 hours of battery life. Um, It's thin, it's light, and it's $700 or $800 for the 32 gigabyte, $950 for the 128 and 1080 for the maxed out 128 LTE version, which I know the version that you guys would get. And then the other the other piece of this is the they announced the Apple Pencil. And there's a couple things I want to talk about with that pencil. So basically, it's a stylus. First thing, when Steve Jobs announced the iPad, <laughs> you remember yeah. that video? Oh, I went back and watched that video where he right. said styluses or styli are, are dumb and we all have 10 of them. And now Apple is making the Apple Pencil. So never believe anything these tech companies say. Um, so now they're, they announced the Apple Pencil. So I want to talk about that a little bit. But also... I was in the Apple store yesterday buying a uh, what a, a little stand for my my Apple Watch, and they on the shelf there was a pencil, a stylus for your iPad, oh. <laughs> and it's named Pencil. So I'm wondering, how does that even work? I mean, you know, does Apple just say, you know what? We know you guys are playing in this market right now, but you're smaller than us. We're the world's largest tech company. We're going to take your brand. You know, <laughs> we can just buy you out. You know, and we, we won't even buy feel you. Like, right? We'll right. give you a couple thousand, give a couple thousand dollars, or whatever. But anyway, let's let's dive into this, uh, Dan. When you when you saw this, and I know you saw the announcement because yeah. it's it's kind of important to photographers uh, from a number of of perspectives. But when you saw this, were you thinking? you know, I already have an iPad or I'm not an iPad guy. It was, it's too big. Or were you drooling and like, okay, finally they made something I can show my portfolio on. Actually, you know, it's kind of funny because at first I was like, nah, it's a bigger one. Yeah. I kind of expected. But then mm-hmm. once I really sat down with the Apple TV, you know, I, I watch it, you know, I'll watch it a little bit online. I'll listen to it as I'm working. But then later that night, I'll watch the whole thing all the way through. Um, when they did the 3d medical, which I do a lot of 3d medical you know, oh, actually, right. doing, yeah. I've been doing that for years, that. for years, for yep, years. Um, matter of fact, I'm working on two of them this week alone, 3D medical animations. When I saw that stuff on there, um, thinking about that pencil, and I know, yeah, that in the beginning with the with the finger, that was for the phones. There was no iPad then. Now, I'm thinking about the guys I know when I've done training for the guys down at like Hallmark, um, 
which I think they listen to the show, all the guys down in Kansas City. Um, They were one of the first ones to get the Cintiq, you know, and they're using it for 3D modeling and sculpting. And I'm thinking in those realms, aside from photography, which will be great as a portfolio, um, but that thing where it's actually a secondary monitor and all those capabilities. Because when the iPad first came out, I was really disappointed that I wanted a portable computer like that. And it was just, that was a big iPhone. Um, Since then, it's really improved got mine i always upgrade it's great but this one this is gonna be a real game changer because not just because of the size but i think because of the resolution uh the speed uh you know using the stylus i think pen would have been better than pencil i don't know but um, but just in terms of 3d in terms of photoshop and then the app developments that are going to come because of this it's really going to be a game changer yeah, I know. I, I, I have to agree with you on all points. Juan, what about you? Is this something that you got excited about or just more Apple stuff to, to not buy? <laughs> no, I, I thought it was great. I mean, I don't think the iPad Pro is for me because I like smaller devices. But I mean, when I think about the number of pixels on this device, this, I mean, just looking at the number of pixels, this has more pixels than my 32-inch cinema display. <laughs> yes, it does. It's literally, it does, you know, by a, by a long shot. Um, yeah. You know, it's amazing that they can pack those. I know it's a retina display. Not everything is scaled at, but the resolution on it is going to be unbelievable. Oh, I've always... Um, I, I I know that uh, Steve Jobs said if you if you see a stylus you know they lost right they they just didn't do it right um, yeah, and, yeah. you know and, and and Steve Jobs and Apple you know when somebody else does something it's always wrong but when they do it it's right right of course that's that's yeah. that, that's their attitude that's how they do it and I have a stylus that I've used um, in the past uh, I think this one's called the Cosmonaut and it and it's you know useful for certain things I use it on the iPad. Um, but if you're someone that uses a tablet, like the Cintiq, have you ever used a Cintiq? Have you used one, friend? I've, I've, no, you know what? I, I've tried one. You know, other people have had them, and they've always been out of my price range. So right, I've only exactly. been able to adore them from afar. You right, know? right. And, you know, and I've used them quite a bit. I don't have one. I, I don't, I've used them quite a bit. I don't have one. And there are a lot of problems with them. You know, first they lag. They have a huge lag from when you're mm, drawing yep. so that the stroke doesn't follow your, your, your pencil as much. Um, and there's a parallax problem. The tip of the pen feels like it's an inch away from the screen. Oh, because the screen is, the glass is so thick. It's yeah. so thick. So when you're drawing, I mean, it, it, you have to, you know, suspend belief, so to speak. You yeah. don't feel like you are actually drawing on the, on the surface. And that's one of the things that they really emphasize, the fact that this thing is so close to the screen that you actually feel like you're drawing. And I think that alone is going to be huge. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, and that, that one feature has me kind of, curious about it you know even though i like mm-hmm. the ipad mini that's my device because i yep. small i can carry with me me too yeah. just the fact that i you know i don't know you never know when uh, they they move lightroom over and make it a little more capable on the ipad pro yeah you know yeah and that's what i'm thinking yeah my i have an ipad mini and i love it and that's i got the maxed out version me with, too you yeah. know at&t so i can use it wherever and i love the device it's like it's like the Kindle and and the internet, everything with me all the time in my camera bag. And I don't, it's not very much weight added to it. So when I saw this, well, first of all, when I, when I go into these keynotes, I always go in as a curmudgeon. I'm like, okay, what are, <laughs> where are they going to reinvent this time? You know? So, so it, but, but I got to tell you, after this one, I was completely marinated in the reality distortion. I was like, <laughs> I got to have one of everything that they announced. I don't care how much it costs. I'll take out a second mortgage. I need it, you know. And this this big iPad, I was looking at it. And I was like, okay, 
that's nice. And I could see, like, I was, I instantly thought of my friend Craig Colvin, who comes on the show from time to time. He's a, he does a lot of glamour photography and he's always carrying his iPad around with him to show people his work because that's the best way to show your work these days is on an iPad. And I, I was like, okay, Craig is going to order one of these day one because it's ideal. It's the ideal portfolio device. But for me, I'm thinking, okay, would it be another thing that I purchased that I don't use that much or because I'm going to be using my iPad mini all the time? Or would I actually use this thing? Dan, like you were saying, there's software out there that lets you attach your iPad to your Mac so that it becomes another display. So I was thinking, okay, well, maybe it will become another display. But do I really need another display? Because I've well, written a display right okay. now. <laughs> Think about it like this. I have this I have this portfolio book that I go to meetings with and interviews and because I'm interviewing. And <laughs> inside it, one side's a pad. The other side is actually all meant for the iPad. And then you can pick it up and you can turn it. And so when the portfolio is open like this, I can actually pop at the iPad and then show people things. And it's fantastic. Yeah. And I bring that with me and it zips up into a whole little portfolio case. Now, everything being cloud-based, which is interesting that Microsoft was at the Apple event. That was really interesting. Yeah, that was um, really – that was eyebrow-raising. Yeah, but you know. but all the new Office apps are really, really terrific. I've been yep. doing more cloud-based documents than ever before. So you think about using this as maybe a Cintiq-type atmosphere, mm-hmm. which now is affordable because I couldn't ever afford one. So you've got that yeah, next to your yeah. computer as a, as a stylus tablet for 3D modeling, for retouching your photos, everything else. But then you're cloud-based or you're just copying things over, fold it up with the little keyboard, off to the meeting you go, laptop can just stay, lightweight, yeah. you know. I can totally. actually see it pretty useful now with everything being, being cloud-based. The problem, the problem is the camera bags that I've purchased Mm-hmm. Are, are I know where you're you know going where I'm going. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Are designed for my iPad Mini. You know, yeah. it's like okay, I got everything locked in. I got a little slot for my iPad Mini. It goes right in there. Now I got to rethink everything if I get this, this big <laughs> iPad. Right, just get a bigger backpack. <laughs> get a bigger yeah. backpack. You know, the the cool thing I was thinking also during this keynote uh, or the, during the presentation was our friends over at AstroPad. You know those? Are you guys familiar with AstroPad? No, no, no. no. Oh, okay. <laughs> go to ask. Go to AstroPad and check these guys out. So these are some really smart developers who I believe are ex Apple employees, and they've created a piece of software for your Mac and for your iPad that essentially mirrors your Mac onto the iPad, so it becomes oh, yeah, a Cintiq. Yeah, yeah. So now you can retouch. Yeah, I, yeah. I had seen this. I didn't know the name of it, but I've seen this. That, yeah. that gets me excited. I think that would be really cool. Think about using That's Photoshop what I'm right about on it exactly. or Lightroom right on it, being able yep. to draw right on the device. So like I said, I've used this in Teak before with Lightroom. And it's, again, you got to wrap your head around it. You got to think. It's like flying a flight simulator. You've heard people, uh, you know, people who uh, fly planes, you know, pilots and whatnot. They say flight simulators are nothing like flying a real plane. Right. They can prepare you for it, but it's nothing like it. Same thing using a Cintiq. I think this is going to be pretty cool with an application like that. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, I was thinking about that. And, you know, I interviewed those guys um, a while back. And, you know, one of the questions I asked them, I haven't aired the interview yet, but one of the questions I I've a- I asked them was, do you think Wacom or Wacom, however you pronounce it, are quaking in their boots? Because you guys have created this disruptive piece of inexpensive software that essentially turns your your iPad and your and your iPhone now because they've subsequently released an iPhone version turns your iPad and your iPhone into a Cintiq with 
literally almost the same amount of latency that you get on a Cintiq. This was before the iPad Pro announcement. So now the iPad Pro is here, which is almost literally a Cintiq with the pencil stylus, too. So, you know, those guys have got to be dancing in the streets in San Francisco, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, think about it. How much is this antique? Is like seven thousand dollars for the yeah, high end yeah. version? Yeah, it's out of reach. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's I mean, reach. it's yeah, absolutely. I, I I'd be really worried if I were them. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, I'm excited to see this stuff. One of the other things I thought about is uh, uh, Sarah France is another friend of the show. She's a high end wedding photographer down in uh, in uh, San Diego. She does kind of these really, you know, uh, expensive but very well done wedding gigs and i remember a while ago i've known sarah forever like four years ago or something part of her deliverable to the client remember these are high-end weddings part of her deliverable to the client was a set of ipads with the wedding photos on them wow <laughs> you know? nice so, wow. <laughs> right in this like beautiful box and all this stuff you can imagine right this is you know the rich have a different, different world yeah do. different world <laughs> yeah, so, so different reality so i'm thinking <clears throat> what if like can you imagine, you know, you do you do a wedding and then two iPad pros show up with the wedding shots on them? Like, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm just throwing these in for you because you paid right. X dollars for the wedding. Yeah, it's a uh, it's interesting. I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited. I'm really excited for, to see where this 12.9 inch iPad will go. But I'm still on the fence. I think I got to wait until I go into an Apple store and actually hold it and let that reality take hold of, okay, I got to have it, you know, which I'm sure will happen a couple of weeks or a month after it's well, And feel right. the size, right? You got to feel the yeah, size yeah. of it in your yeah. hand to see how big it is and on widely it may be. Is it bigger than, is it bigger than like the like 13 inch, you know, MacBook Pro? Or uh, similar size, no, right? Actually, right. My, my daughter has a MacBook Air and that's a 12.9 inch. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so it's the same. Looking at that, I'm like, that's, that's it right there. You know, it's just, yeah. Well, what about what about this keyboard? I mean, you guys care about the keyboard again, like we teased at the beginning. This is like the Microsoft Surface keyboard with the magnetic attachment and all that. Um, and Apple invented it, quote, <laughs> and re- relaunched it. Uh, but it, it's obvious, you know. I've been I've been kind of personally. What I would like to see is a MacBook Pro with a removable screen. You know, where you remove the screen and the screen becomes an iPad and then you click it back in there. Now you're on a Mac OS MacBook Pro. This is kind of getting close to that. Is this Dan, is this something you would use? Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely would. Now that's getting a little bit larger. But, you know, you can understand that you got the iOS operating system versus Mac OS. And, you know, but if I could have take just grab my monitor like that and just like slide it a little case, I could be on a train or something doing it like that, that would actually be pretty cool because there's still apps that I use that I rely on my laptop. I'm on it every day um, that I still yeah. can't do on an iPad. Um, but it's I'm, I'm a little more excited about all the apps that are going to come for this um, mm-hmm. that are going to really take advantage of it. I think that's going to be huge, and that will just have to roll out over time to see where that's going to go. Yeah, it's just it's such an interesting ecosystem these guys are putting together all the way from you know the iPhone 5s all the way up through this big guy which is running the same exact operating system it's just it's amazing very well executed all the way through yeah but other things like these these mounted in walls displays at Mm -hmm. stores um even in your home eventually when my price might change a little bit or they could be affordable where that's you know that's your entry system for your house that's yeah yeah. you know digital pictures you know it's not just a little thing on a (laughs) desktop now i mean it's a it's a yeah, it could be really cool. 
Yeah, yeah. So, All right. So, so Juan, what what did you think about the Apple Pencil? Is it something that you would use? Or are you a finger guy? Well, I, no, I would definitely use it if. I, <laughs> Lots of jokes there. Sorry. <laughs> um, I, no, I would love to use the Apple Pencil, but you know, honestly, on the road, I love my iPad Mini. I can't yeah. imagine taking something like the you know, the iPad Pro on the road with me because I'm taking my laptop when I need something that big and I need a full keyboard. And, you know, unfortunately, the iPad still cannot replace the laptop, right? We are out out in the field shooting. We're downloading, you know, hundreds and hundreds of gigabytes of raw files. I can't put that on my iPad. There's no, I can't, I can't do it. Someday I hope to be able to do that. And then at that point, yes, that would make sense. But for the time being, I think I'm sticking with my iPad mini. I wish the Apple Pencil would work on the mini. Um, and I would buy that, buy one in a heartbeat for sure. But we don't know that it won't yet, right? They haven't said it won't. Well, I think um, at least I don't think it works for the iPad mini that they just released because mm. nobody's mentioned that. I tried to find out and that because I was kind of excited to think, oh, maybe it works with the iPad mini. Mm-hmm. That would be an excuse to actually buy the new iPad mini because I have the two. The first one yeah. with the Retina display, and this would be yep. upgrading to the four. Um, but I have not been able to find anything that works for the Mini. So I'm gonna place I'm gonna place a bet and say that Pencil is gonna work with with any iOS device. Um, this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that mm-hmm. they they didn't they did because when they were going through the keynote and they were talking about uh, 3D Touch and all that, I understand the 3D Touch technology that they put into the, right. the iPhone 6 Plus and all that, but they didn't say anything about that with regard to the iPad. They were just talking about the size of it and the resolution, which mm. leads me to believe that it's very similar to the previous iPads. And if so, the pencil will work all the way but down the line. Talk, they talked about a little <laughs> chip inside there, too. What? Oh, did they? In 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 the pencil? I don't think they showed something and I have to review it. to see. Yeah, there is a, there's, there is a processor in the pencil itself. Um, and I think it, the pencil is the one that measures like the the angle. The but you know what? No, they did mention something about the the angle being me- the angle of how you're holding the pencil against the screen mm-hmm. yeah. being a measurement, yeah, a combination sensors. of both the iPad and the pencil. So that both devices were the ones that helped calculate oh, that. Yeah, you're right. I do remember that. Oh, all right. So, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. We'll so maybe you'll see. have hey, limited. Thinking. You'll have limited functionality on previous <laughs> iPads and full on iPad Pro. <laughs> hey, I, I take it. I'll take it. All right. So all right. On to apps now. So another announcement that came out from Apple was the Apple TV, which I've been waiting oh, for as yes. well because I've oh, got yeah. Apple TVs polluting my entire house. Me too. And uh, you know, and and they work great except for a couple of gotchas. And it looked like in the keynote, as demonstrated, most of those gotchas were mm-hmm. were taken care of. Dan, did did you see this thing? Did you see the Absolutely, Apple TV? Yeah. One of the main things that damn click 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 click. You know, to put your put your numbers in and put your letters in, they figure that one out. So you just, yeah, right. Oh my god, oh, so the annoying. bane of my existence, the yes, Apple TV yes. remote, right there. The fix yeah. for that in the meantime, my download, download the app for the for your phone, and you can literally just slide on your phone and do it. You know, I do that all the time, and it, but it's still you're the just laying there. I know. It's I know. still the time to sit there, and you got to. I mean, it works on the watch too. There's a remote app on the watch. But it's still you got to launch it right. and it's got to wait. Right. It's got to find it and register. You know, yeah. it's just like no, you the, just, it's sometimes you just want a remote. <laughs> well, the new Apple TV. No, I looks want the great. Siri. Yeah, we'll, I, we'll see how well that works. That could be that could be pretty good. 
quick search. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, the the the, the demo was unreal. The fact that this person was able to whittle down the, their selection of what they wanted to watch to by clip. just adding new modifiers via voice that was yeah. incredible to me. That was awesome. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's like a direction of where search is going because Google. Right has been doing that for like, what, a year and a half, mm -hmm. two years, or where they're doing this intelligent search where you can say, you know, I'm looking for, I'm looking for cookies. Okay. But I meant chocolate chip. And you know, it will look at the previous search that you did and factor that into the subsequent search. So they're doing a similar thing with Siri, which is makes perfect sense on the TV, like you said, in that, in yeah. that demo. Our yeah. I mean, I think for the TV is so much better. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say our Comcast Xfinity has the, you can download an app for your phone and, and search your TV. Um, you know, it was more gimmick than anything else. We've tried it, but we don't really use it. So we'll see how this one works. Um, yeah. You know, the, the laughable piece of that keynote for me was where I was like, come on, guys, was the, on the Apple TV thing, the, the, the girl, the woman that was uh, demonstrating the Apple TV and talking about the screensavers. Oh which my god, just, that was funny. Which are just like HD videos that play, and she yeah. like spent minutes going on about. And these are exclusive. I'm like, everything I shoot is exclusive. <laughs> the Apple Spin. <laughs> these are exclusive HD videos. I'm like, everything. My phone shoots HD. I mean, come on. You, you know, invented this. You're shot. not impressing me. <laughs> and she goes on to say, she goes on to say, uh, and. At night, it shows nighttime scenes. <laughs> Whoa. That's, like, that's high technology wow. right there. You actually got smart to flip it to a different folder after 6 p.m. That's brilliant. Hey, that, that just goes to show you that really the, old, the master of the reality distortion field was Steve Jobs. Uh, no Steve, one else. Yeah. If Steve said that, it would be told everybody would be like, wow. Uh, yeah, but, you like, know, uh, yeah, if Steve said it, I'd be like, brilliant. Oh, my God. You guys have changed my life. And right. she said, I was like, come on. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. But yeah, Apple TV is going to be cool. I was looking at it from the standpoint also of this whole, like we I mentioned earlier, is a whole Apple ecosystem, right? So with Apple Music and Apple Photos now and, you know, whatever else that you have, your movies that you're editing. Now everything is kind of coming together with Apple TV into the living room. Which is what I want. I mean, I you right. know, like I said, I'm an Apple. I say I'm 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 an Apple fanboy or whatever because I like Apple stuff. It just works for the way my brain works. But in the end, I'm a photographer before I'm an Apple fanboy, and I consume media. So when I'm looking at this stuff, I just want stuff to work. I want yeah. my playlists from the music that I set up to show up everywhere that I want them, whether it's in the car, in my office, on my phone, in the living room. I don't want to have different services for that. I want my photo albums everywhere and I don't want to have to worry about it. You know, give me the path of least resistance. I feel like they're almost there. They're not quite there yet. They're almost there. I mean, are you guys kind of in that same boat or are you, there's other people that say, yeah, I don't want to put all my eggs in the Apple basket. I'd rather have Spotify for music and, you know, pen, whatever, all these dis disparate services because they do different things better. But for me, it's like lowest common denominator. Juan, what, what do you think? Oh, absolutely, man. I, I can go from my desktop to my laptop to my iPad to my phone to my Apple TV and have access to all my same music. All my pictures are there or not. It doesn't matter where I am. Now, you know, it used to be that whenever I traveled anywhere, I always had my, my laptop with me. Well, guess what? 
I don't do that anymore. Oftentimes yeah. I just take my iPad and my iPhone and I'm done and I'm happy. I don't have to because I have access to everything. I have access to all my documents, whether they're on Dropbox or iCloud. I have access to all my pictures. I have access to all my music. So absolutely. I'm, I, I'm, you could say I'm a fine boy as well, but I eat this <laughs> up. The ecosystem for me is just probably the most compelling part about Apple. You know, not just the fact that their stuff just works, but the fact that I don't have to think. I mean, my background, as you know, is in the technology field. Yeah. I used to do a lot of stuff with, you know, build large computer systems, you know, super complicated stuff. But you know what? When I go home, you know, like I have a lot of friends that have super automated systems at their home that they walk in and they say, it's almost like the clapper. They kind of clap. They don't really clap, but they say lights <laughs> on and the lights go on, the music goes on, the mood light. And I'm like, yeah. I just want to flip a switch, man, because when that stuff goes bad, I don't want to be debugging my house. Right. I, right. You know, there's too much, too much technology. The fact that all this stuff works and it's one place is simple is huge for me, you know, and I think yeah. it's the same with with you. I mean, we've talked about that. The fact that it's it's all there in one place, and you know how to get it, and it's you know I can access it from my living room, from my car, from wherever I am. It's huge. Yeah, yeah and it gets out of your way. Like at some point, you're like, okay, yeah, I just want to listen to my, you know, my techno playlist or whatever. And wherever you happen to be, where whether I'm on a walk or I'm in the car or I'm in the, right. in the bedroom or whatever, I just want to listen to it. I don't want to have to jump through hoops to get to that. Dan, Dan, what about you? Are you do you care about an ecosystem or are you more of a kind of a, a, a la carte kind of guy? You know, I do. Um, I really try not to. Um, years ago, when we put a little theater in, I had a DVD carousel. And so if we liked a movie, you know, when we had the extras, we'd buy the DVD. And a number of years ago, with digital coming, I'm like, okay, we have to commit, you know, Hulu and Vudu and Apple. I mean, who's going to be around? Right. Um, so we just chose Apple. And, you know, now we've been buying movies digitally. But getting ahead of ourselves, we're going to talk about phones in a minute. I actually switched to a yeah. Samsung a couple of months ago. Because I like that mm -hmm. S6 Edge. And I was just like, no, I need to change. I can't put all my eggs in exactly what you're talking about. And you know what? I had 14-day window. I went back and <laughs> traded it back in for an iPhone. Yeah. Um, and I tried. I really, you're like really a crackhead. You were like, oh, you know, I got to go back. I just – Are you shaking? Go back. Are you shaking? Yeah. And, and it, was, it, the, it was all about the integration. That was the number one thing. The phone was a beautiful device. Not, a, not as much of a fan of Android, but it was – I liked the customization. But that integration wasn't there. As soon as I get my iPhone back, I put my iCloud account. Bloop, there's all my pictures. Yeah. Um, you know, my wife and I each have a separate calendar. We each share it. You know, she could see mine. I could see hers. Um, there, there's so many aspects of it that are great. You know, now resetting everything. You know, I've got my phone and laptops ringing, and I can answer it on my answer the phone on my laptop, or you know, yeah. push it right over to the TV. And we've got Apple TVs in three rooms, so. Um, yeah. the integration is nice. You just got to get over like, I don't get Apple all my money. If you kind of yeah. put that out of the way about Apple and Microsoft and Android and really just come down to what works for me, this is it. Yeah. You look online and by the way, Dan, we lost your video for a second. Um, you know, the, the people online that complain about Apple and you know, this and all that, you gotta, you gotta step back and think, okay, what am I trying to do? <laughs> you know, it's not about it's not about the car that you're driving to use a car analogy. It's not about the car. It's about where you're going, you know, and, and how you're getting there. If you're a photographer, like we talk about gear all the time on all about the gear and on Twip. In the end, it's not so much about if you're using Panasonic, Nikon, Canon, Sony or whatever. It's about the shot that you're trying to get. And no right. one cares at the end of the day, the same with this Apple stuff. It's like, okay, 
when I'm sitting at my computer here in my office and I want to listen to a particular playlist, I don't care how I get to right. it. I just want to get to it with the path of, of least resistance, right, Juan? Well, right, I mean, it's not just the path of least resistance, example. but it's time, right? To me, my yeah. time is super valuable, not necessarily from a business perspective, but from a family perspective. You know, anything mm -hmm. that takes my time away from spending with my family or being able to earn more money is huge. And the fact that, you know, I don't have to mess around with this stuff. You know, I'm not, I, I don't want to go in and, you know, customize my screen to be exactly mm -hmm. different that does all this crazy stuff, or uh, I want to be able to change the way I log into my phone or anything. You know, to me, that stuff is superfluous. I just want something that I can use. I, I don't have to worry about viruses. I don't have to worry about stuff getting, going bad on my phone. I've never had an iPhone. I have had uh, I want to say every single iPhone that's been out. Um, yeah. I've upgraded for, through every single one. I haven't had one single iPhone where, you know, it crashed and I couldn't recover any, anything, any of my stuff. I've yeah. never had any loss of data or information on any of my iPhones. Yeah. Yeah. And people will call us fanboys and all that. And I'm the same way. You know, I've, I've had most of the iPhones that, come, that have come out. And I, in the end, especially when I'm on the road and traveling, I just need these things to work right. every single time I turn them on. I need to be able to make calls. I need to be able to do text messaging. I need to be able to get on the web. And I need my whatever five core apps that I always use. You know, I need all that stuff to work. If it works, I'm good. I'm golden. I don't care about, okay, well, on this platform, you can customize this and you can change right. that and you can do this and, you know, all this stuff. That's great for the people that enjoy doing that. But for me, I'm, it's a tool. It's a wrench. I'm not obsessing over the, the curvature of the wrench that I buy. I'm <laughs> obsessing over the, the fact that I can build something with this wrench. <laughs> well, you know, that um, the time factor is a really important thing because a good example is when we had our studio, I had an extra PC. Uh, we had a big, huge 52-inch display on the wall. I'm like, oh, great. I'll make a slideshow and I'll put it on there. I spent more time trying to get that PC to get into a slideshow mm -hmm. at the right time with the right images. And then we had new stuff we shot. But then oh, I got to get that in, into there. And this is when first Apple TV came out, I don't know how many years ago, with the expensive one with the hard drive. Oh, um, yeah. So then we started burning DVDs. But on a HD display, you're only at 525 lines of resolution and your big, beautiful photos don't look great. Well, I went to the Apple TV, synced it up, and essentially moving forward to what we had now, we had one Apple TV on that 52-inch display with its own iCloud account, and I would just drop photos in there instantly, and then suddenly I've got that slideshow mm -hmm. up at the studio. And now we do it at home, too, right from our iCloud account. Just, you know, we put it on the background with music, people are over just whatever, and just, you know, your, your photos from your phone. You're not even thinking and about it. Just it. Works. it yeah, just works. It just yeah. works. It just works. Yeah. All right, guys, I want to move on to story number two. We're still in story number one. You know? Wow, um, wow. So, <laughs> and we're, we're 48 minutes in. <clears throat> so story number two is about the iPhone. Again, this is an Apple show, right? So they announced the iPhone 6S and the 6S Plus. So the big thing about these is, like we mentioned before, uh, they have this, this four, or it was force touch. Now it's 3D touch is the, the technology where you can press a little and something happens and you press harder and something mm -hmm. else happens on the screen. They've also got uh, a new 12 megapixel sensor in these cameras, um, a retina flash, which uh, basically lights up the brightness of the screen to become a flash. Um, and the thing that got me on the edge of my couch while I was watching the keynote was 4K footage. You can shoot 4K video 
with these phones in your pocket. So That's 3840 crazy. by 2160, 8 million pixels per frame with optical image stabilization. And I believe that's only on the 6, Plus. 6S Plus version, right? right. Just like the previous. Um, but even on the 6S, 4K. And then they have this feature called Live Photos, which captures 12 megapixel photos. And it captures a second and a half before and a second and a half after you actually take the photo. So you end up with a little snippet of cinemagraph type motion in there. And it all works. I mean, it's it, it looks cool. I haven't played with this at all, but it looks cool. One, the phone... I mean, when you when you saw this, when I saw, well, first of all, I knew they were going to announce new iPhones, <laughs> and I saw this. I already have an iPhone six, so I'm like, there's nothing that you could give me in a six, whatever, that's going to tempt me to go spend more money to get the next version of this. There's nothing you could do. And then I was like, okay, where do I sign? <laughs> you, you're exactly like me, right? We go into it saying, ah, oh, I got the six. You know what? I did the same thing with a four. And, and the 4S. I did the same yeah. thing with the 5 and the 5S. So I, I've already given up. I'm like, I, yeah. I know they're going to come up with something special on the photo side that I'm going to want to do. You know, yeah. so I, you know, it, the question is when my, my actual, my contract, my ser- and my contract of mine is due in, uh, in November. So I may just wait till November to do it. I may not yeah, do it right, right away, but I may just wait yeah. till November. That's not yeah. bad. Yeah, the 12 megapixel sensor, I think it's going to be great. I mean, I shoot with my iPhone so much. Um, you know, not carrying my big cameras, you know, especially yeah. family pictures and whatnot. I use the, that phone all the time. But even on my workshops, I shoot with that all the time. I'll take pictures with my big Canon and my big expensive lenses. And then I'll pull out my little iPhone and do click, click, click. Yeah, do and get images, great shots with it. And get, yeah. get amazing shots and do the editing right there and share it right from there and whatnot. Send it to my to my family. I'm really curious about the, the live photo stuff. I think it looks yeah. super cool. Yeah. But yeah. the question is, can you share these outside yeah. of the ecosystem? Well, he, they said they said Facebook was going to support them, right? And, you know, but you know, who knows? We don't who know. Knows? We won't know until we see until we see the format. But even but even then, I think I was thinking about the live photos thing. Even if they are trapped somehow, you know, and you got to view them on an iPhone or iOS device or a Mac or something, um, I think the live photo. I'm I'm excited about the Cinemagraph space to begin with, with Flixel and Cinemagraph Pro right. and all the stuff that they're doing. And I think this sort of legitimizes that space a lot and kind of shows people you don't have to just take one shot and you don't have to take a movie. You can do little snippets to show, to tell the story better than a single frame could do. And now you can do this really, you actually automatically do it with every shot that you take right. with your with these new iPhones. Just remember, now you have to buy the 128 gig phone though. Yeah. Yeah, of course, of course. Really, yeah. right? I mean, I've, I've been doing with the 64, and I've been happy with it. I'm like, oh, crap, I need to buy the 128 gig. If you're going to be doing these 4K footage right, and doing right, yeah. these live them. photos, <laughs> yeah, forget about it. You, you need 128 at no, least. No, I, I need 256, really. Yeah, you need 256 or <laughs> a petabyte or something. I don't know. Dan, Dan, what about you? Did you see this thing? I mean, you're a video guy in yep. 3D and all yep. that stuff. You had to be like, yeah, at least I interested. was just like you guys. I'm like, oh, I got I just got a brand new six. I'm fine. You know, <laughs> then I, there's two things. Obviously, the 4K, which I'm like, really? OK, <laughs> let me see how that's going to work. Because last year when I came <laughs> out, I got a plus and I was just like, eh, I loved it. I loved using it. But honestly, it was too big, you know, with the pocket. I yeah. think we talked about it on one show. So I'm back to the regular yep. six. Yep. Photos are tremendous. So when I saw this, I'm like, no, no, what can they do? You know, you keep adding megapixels. Megapixels is about size. And as photographers, we know that. But the general populace thinks, oh, it's 12 meg. It, it often doesn't mean a lot. 
Um, you know, nobody's printing that large from iPhones, not yet anyway, mm-hmm. but, um, the usability is a big thing for me and that 3d touch and just moving through and the amount of emails I go through and everything else, um, yeah. and, and digital it work pays and, for itself right there. Yeah. And interestingly, we just switched carriers. Um, <laughs> so they have this program where you can literally just trade it in. So I'll probably definitely, cause that, that 4k and that 3d push right there. And I forgot about the. The move the live pictures so now then you just sold me on it yeah i think it's gonna yeah. be tremendous i mean I, I think he's logging in right now to order it while we're on the yeah well, you want to know what's funny i actually did i did i stayed up late the other night uh it was 2 a.m because that's when the pre-orders came out and i went on to sprint <laughs> and i pressed the thing i'm like great i got it i did 64 gig um the next morning i see the email it says 16 gig so oh so i don't know what happened in the interim um so doing a quick chat with Do the they even that, make a 16 gig? Well, that's been the big issue with all their data alone. It's like, I forget what they said, like, like four gigs or something in the base operating system. So that they're saving that size for the seven, I'm sure. Um, yeah, so they yeah. canceled the order. And then now for some reason it's screwed up. I can't do the reorder. But uh, yeah, you have to get a little bit larger one with that 4K video. You got it. You got it. Yeah. Until Apple one day, hopefully Apple will open up the API and allow external storage. Wouldn't that be amazing if you could plug in an external hard drive and have it just see that like some other Android phones allow you to do (laughs) and save externally? Wouldn't that be great? That would just change the whole thing. But then if they did that, I, I can see the meeting at Apple now. You know, they're like, okay, if we allow storage, there will be no reason for people to buy our high-end version and everyone will buy the cheap version right. and just buy cheap external storage. You know, And moving, so, moving those storage devices around opens up to viruses and all kinds no. of stuff. So Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? But uh, surprising yeah, but upgrade. Yeah. It's, uh, it's going to be it's going to be really interesting. Um, so you, clearly both of you guys are buying these. And Juan, you, you mentioned you're on a 6. So, Dan, you started with a 6 Plus and then downgraded to a 6. Did. Juan, did you ever go to the 6 Plus? No, you know what? I, I've considered the 6 Plus, but the problem is, is that, you know, because I've been thinking, you know, if you compare the size of the Plus and the iPad mini, mm-hmm. you know, it's yeah. not that much bigger, right? The iPad right. mini is just slightly yeah. bigger. But there are some apps that I use that are iPad apps that you can't really run on the 6 Plus. Yeah. If yeah. I could run iPad apps on the 6 Plus, I'm telling you, I'd get the 6 Plus and ditch the mini because that would be one yeah. less device. But I can't. So, I mean, I, I can't imagine myself using a 6 Plus and a mini and my laptop. So that's I'm sticking with with a regular small size phone. I think. You know what I want to see? Uh, you know, and I'll, I'll issue the gauntlet right now to the TWIP army. I will send I will PayPal $20 to the first person that sends me a photo of a stranger. can't be you of a stranger <laughs> Taking a photo outside with an iPad Pro. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've seen people with giant iP- with the big iPad uh, Airs. I want to see someone with an iPad Pro taking a photo of something. You know, <laughs> you, you know, I, I may I'm, I have a very good friend that shoots with the iPad all the time, and I, I was making lots of fun. Uh, I was saying, you know, dude, what are you doing? You're embarrassing me. I don't know you. Walk away from me. I don't want to be anywhere near me. And, you know, he said the reason I actually shoot with the iPad is because he's got bad eyesight. 
And oh. when he takes those pictures, you know, he has this viewfinder that's basically humongous, right? <laughs> they use so, a loop on there while he's no, doing <laughs> No, but he doesn't, you know, he has bad, I guess, bad uh, uh, close-up vision. So yeah, it works yeah. for him, you know. Hey, so actually well, that, that makes sense. If that's the case, that, that's totally plausible and absolutely I would use it for that yeah. if my eyesight was going as well. Uh, but people that don't have bad eyesight right. <laughs> that are just out there, <laughs> that are out there with the big iPad taking shots of it. <laughs> Dan, I was I was at the Bean in Chicago and I saw people with their iPads the taking photos right? of the Bean with their iPads. Mostly, gra- mostly grandmas and grandpas, right? Yeah, oh, totally, totally. I mean, I think with if my eyesight were going, I still wouldn't shoot with an iPad. Yeah, I just yeah. just principle alone. I'm like, I just I'm right. a photographer. I, you know, the thing is, I'm I'm shooting really small now with that little Samsung um, yep. for most of my stuff and even the workshops. But there was a time when our daughter was little in school and, you know, never did, you know, the huge sports thing and egos and stuff like that. But when there was the plays, I did bring the big Nikon D3 with the 7200. I'm like, excuse me, guys. Yeah, and I'd come in there. <laughs> yeah, you're that guy. <laughs> you know, yeah, just had to that do that guy. a little bit. I, I refuse, refuse to shoot with an iPad. You know, yeah, I even I even yeah. avoid pulling out the phone just not to be one of them, which I don't know if you talked about this on any of the shows, but the wedding photographers and that controversy that's going on lately about those people with their phones in the way of the pros doing their their own. So it's a whole nother yeah, show. But yeah, I'm not a wedding. photographer. That is a whole nother show. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's it's an interesting world that we're moving into. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Adobe and continuing with our our Apple theme. They announced an app called Photoshop Fix as part of the, uh, the whole iPad Pro launch. This episode of This Week in Photo is brought to you by FreshBooks, the easy-to-use invoicing solution that's helping freelancers and small business owners get organized and save time invoicing. You can try FreshBooks for free. Just head over to freshbooks.com twip and enter twip in the how did you hear about us section when you sign up. And as I've said on This Week in Photo before, we use FreshBooks as the back end to basically run most of the stuff behind the scenes on this business to keep the lights on and to keep everybody happy. Because as we all know, as creative professionals, we're not necessarily focused on capturing our income, expenses, and tracking billable time and all that. And I think the reason that we don't capture all of those things is simple. It's boring. We're creatives. We like fun stuff. We like Photoshop and Lightroom and you know, all these other cool things that let us express that side of our brain. And thankfully, FreshBook offers us as small business owners a way to quickly and easily keep track of our time and money without disrupting our workflow or, you know, sort of messing with our creative juices. With FreshBooks, you can invoice clients. It's easy. You can do it in seconds and expenses can be automatically imported so that you don't have to lift a finger. You're just doing the stuff on the back end while you do other cool stuff. You can even track billable time as easy as starting a timer on your on your mobile phone. You can b- whip up business reports. You can stay on top of your income, expenses, and tax time is coming up. So with a couple of clicks, you can generate reports for your CPA or your accountant so that you're staying out of trouble. So grab some popcorn, learn how to fresh books by watching some of their free getting started webinars. I'm a big fan of webinars and they've got some excellent ones online for you to check out. 
Once again, if you want to check FreshBooks out, you can just head over to freshbooks.com slash TWIP, enter the code This Week in Photo or TWIP in the How Did You Hear About Us section to start your free 30-day trial. All you need is an email address to uh, to try FreshBooks for free for 30 days. Just go over to freshbooks.com slash TWIP and enter TWIP in the How Did You Hear About Us section. And we want to thank FreshBooks for their support of This Week in Photo. All right, guys, we're back. Let's uh, let's round out the show with the third story, and that's Adobe. They demoed three mobile apps that are due to hit in um, in October. And let's see, it was Photoshop Comp CC, Photoshop Sketch, and Photoshop Fix. And these these look interesting. And Juan, I want to throw this at you first. When you when you saw these apps, it's you, over the last year, and a couple of the interviews that I've done on TWIP have been with developers that are making these insane apps that are doing desktop desktop quality processing. It's no longer like, okay, if you're going to do it on the phone or on your, your iPad, you're limited. They're doing layers and adjustment layers and all this stuff now. Now with these newer processors and the bigger iPad, do you think that now Adobe and Apple are kind of coming into their own and legitimizing the iOS platform for real soup to nuts content creation? Well, I mean, a lot of folks are talking about the processor power in that new iPad Pro being at the same level as, you know, some of the uh, lower end MacBooks. So I don't see why that's not the case. There's enough horsepower there. To, to do this. And then there are other companies, and I know that Adobe is trying to do this also, they're farming out some of the processing intensive tasks out to the cloud as well. Yeah, yeah. So you don't have to have all that horsepower. You just have to have enough horsepower um, in those devices. And I, I was really impressed with the apps that these guys showed um, during the keynote. My biggest issue has been that to me, Adobe has been kind of schizophrenic about all these iPad apps. Yeah, you know, they, they, they kind of like come up with an app, you know, they release it, they do something with it, then they rename it, they changed it, they they pull it, then they produce another one. Um, as opposed to, they don't seem to have a, a cohesive, you know, plan here. You know, they do have remember some last of year, last year they came out with a ruler and a pencil too. For, That's right. And what happened to that? IPad. Is that even, is that anywhere? <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, I, I mean, it, it, I think they're just throwing a lot of spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks. Um, yeah. I like their their Lightroom um, app, the companion Lightroom app, which is pretty neat. Mm-hmm. I I just I, I want to see these guys kind of like put a stake in the ground and and say, hey, this is our Photoshop for the iPad, and then we're adding all these cool features as opposed to having these sort of standalone apps because I think that's confusing. I think yeah. that they're missing an opportunity to really bring people in to to spend quality time with these apps when they just introduce new apps and you're not, I mean, I have like three Adobe apps on my phone and I don't even know what they do anymore. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a whole suite of apps that they make. Yeah. I agree with you. They need to like go medieval on the iPad and just (laughs) say, we're going to build something and crush it and allow developer or, or designers and photographers to do whatever you need to do. The desktop is no longer the primary. You can be primary on iOS, but I, I think about this stuff and Dan, specifically, I want to throw this to you because you you are the 3D guy and you are in that world mm-hmm. deep, right? Yeah. So when I look at the iPad and, you know, I love my iPad mini and I play with it and I'm in apps like, you know, Snapseed on there and and Pixelmator and all these cool apps that, that work on there. We're great. But I never feel whenever I feel like I need to do, quote, serious work, 
I'm always coming here to the desktop, to the iMac, you know, because I feel like I need a mouse. I need a keyboard. I need to sit here with my coffee and like, <laughs> you know, zoom in and do stuff. I don't feel like right now, at least with the tools that I have, that I could I could go in and say, do a high end retouching job on a model shoot and just do it and and be satisfied that I'm done in the end for a number of reasons, like for like, I don't know if the, the iPads aren't aren't color corrected or, mm-hmm. you know, like I look at these. I'm like, OK, I can start on there, but I'm always going to finish on a, quote, proper computer. What do you feel? What do you feel? I'm 100 percent in agreement. Exact same thing up until now. Um, it was gimmicky. It was fun. It was OK. So, you know, for my phone and my iPad, it's just been like, you know, photos to share. And oh, let me do a cool effect and post it online. But when it was serious work, always the laptop um, or the main desktop. But the thing too mm-hmm. with that is, is storage. You know, I have to spend more work to get that photo over to that thing to get it to work. Right. That's always been the case up until now. Now with the iPad Pro and that sitting next to my laptop or my main system, and I'm just syncing and using it as a secondary monitor. And now I'm pulling in and I'm actually sitting back and I'm, you know, and really retouching like this. But that photo's living on my driver, living, you know, on the desktop. And this is now acting like a Cintiq. That's where now I'm starting to think, hey, this could be a real game changer. So yeah. um, we just got to wait and see. I, I agree with Juan, with too, about the schizophrenic apps. I mean, oh, cool. Look, I'll try it. Never once use Lightroom on iPad. I still got to have it on my main system. Uh, I have my workflow, and that's what works for me. The iPad's just displaying or showing or carrying it around, and I'll have to do, yeah. you know, put everything in iTunes and copy it over. So we'll see, we'll see how that pro changes things. Yeah, I think one of the cool things I think that um, is going to change that, though, is the new iDrive or uh, iCloud Drive, Mm -hmm. because I I agree with you, Dan, in that it was a pain in the butt to move the files back and forth, right? You're editing, you're working on the iPad with something, you're working on the desktop or not. I think the iCloud Drive, I don't know if you noticed with iOS 9, now there's an iCloud Drive icon, just like a Dropbox icon, which allows you to browse your iCloud Drive so you can actually access the files that are on your desktop, on your iPad, like they were just yep. regular files. That's I think that's going to that's gonna change that and that's going to make it a lot easier because that's been a big problem for me as well. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've been using that cloud drive for uh, for quite a while now, the uh, iCloud drive. I pay for the upgrade, you know, for the extra storage mm-hmm. and uh, really been using, doing all my pages docs and everything, right. numbers and things like that um, and can get to those mobile. So I know that it was coming, that it's it's getting towards that. Um, and I think the iPad Pro is really going to change, especially with that keyboard, because I have, we were traveling to Europe a couple of years ago, didn't bring a computer, didn't bring the phone. Well, phone was off. So I bought a little Bluetooth keyboard and the iPad clicks in. I've used it like twice because it's a little tiny keyboard, you know. So this thing being a full-size keyboard um, and, the, and the iPad Air, or excuse me, the MacBook Air, the processor is really, really terrible. I think the iPad Pro is actually going to be a little little zippier it's than probably gonna uh, that. It's probably going to be thing. faster. Yeah, I wonder though, you know, just talking about just production and sitting down, even if, if you have a fully decked out top of the line iPad Pro, you got the keyboard, mm-hmm. you got the pencil with it <clears throat> and you're sitting down, you're like, OK, I'm going to get some work done. I'm going to retouch sitting there for hours with that versus sitting at a desktop with a mouse and a keyboard. I wonder is can you do that? Like, because I see like reaching and touching the screen to right. manipulate and there's no mouse. So touching the screen to get around and then grabbing the pencil and now you're on the keyboard. And, you know, I wonder, are you, is it learned behavior that's going to be easier than to. using a desktop or is it is it you're going to be forcing yourself to compromise to use this thing? Well, you know, I've had a, a regular Wacom for years and I've mm-hmm. gone through all different iterations of those. 
I still don't use it that much. I'm still better off with the mouse because it's still, I'm kind of trying to get used to that. And I still, I'm like, oh, cool. I'll use this. You know what? I still go back. I even got the really good one and it just, but I think on screen though, to really go in and do things, I think, I think I would use it more like that, especially if it's just an extension of that desktop. But again, you know, I think that's where you hit it. You hit it right on the head. I think it's, if you try to force it into doing everything, then it's, it's probably Mm -hmm. not going to be optimal. But if you're like Dan saying, you're using it as an extension of the desktop mm-hmm. using something like AstroPad or an app like that where you're extending the de- desktop and it gives you more power instead of limiting your power mm-hmm. then you know then you're golden yeah so i don't know it's it's exciting sounds like everybody on this show is going to be buying an ipad pro at some point <laughs> <laughs> oh man interesting all right guys let's uh let's end the show let's dive into listener q and a um, this is the segment where listeners get to pose a question to you guys and <laughs> look at this question. It's from Charles. Charles says, I was thinking about pulling the trigger on buying a Cintiq tablet to do my retouching, but with the announcement of the new iPad Pro this week, I'm wondering if I should hold off and wait for the new iPad Pencil and iPad Pro. Hmm. Yes. I have an idea of what you guys are going to say. <laughs> Dan, what do you think? Should Charles wait or should he plunk down eight grand and get a Cintiq. You know what? Buy the Cintiq. If it doesn't work, send it to me and I'll buy you an iPad Pro. Yeah, You'll sell it and buy four yeah. or five iPad Pro. No, in all seriousness, I, I would wait. I don't know. Juan, what do you think? I agree. I mean, I think that's, that's a no-brainer. At this point, you know, considering this is a fraction of the price, you know, buy it, try it out. And if it doesn't work, you can still go to the Cintiq. But you still but have other uses definitely. for it. Well, yeah, exactly. You still have an iPad. So I would definitely wait, get this and try it out at least. Love it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's an easy question. Thank you, Charles, for giving right. us that easy question. <laughs> Sorry, Walker. You got to wonder, though. You got to wonder, like, when the if the Cintiq guys, which I imagine they were watching that keynote, what they were thinking, you know, because I don't mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, obviously, none of us knows what what. Uh, percentage of overall net revenue this antique represents for Wacom, but it's got to represent something because they're still making them, right? Yeah, so Wacom, right. And I'm you know, wondering I, if they watch of... this and they're like, oh, okay, get the CEO on the phone. Well, know? I met the Wacom guys, they're really good guys. So, um, so hopefully they can maybe, maybe even develop software for it, you know, you know, and yeah. adapt with yeah. it. So. You got to adjust, adapt, adapt or die, as yeah. Darwin said. did he really say that all right guys uh listeners if you have a question you'd like us to tackle in the show visit us at thisweekinphoto.com click on that submit a question link and send send us a question or you can leave us a voice message all right let's jump into our picks of the week segment remember you guys can pick anything to recommend to the twip army as long as it is somehow related to photography wampons we'll let you go first what is your pick of the week well, my, my pick of the week is a Mindshift Gear First Light 30L or 30-liter photo backpack. You know, the Mindshift Gear is kind of an offshoot um, of Think Tank Photo. Think Tank mm-hmm. Photo, I've, I've loved Think Tank Photo or the camera bag, all my camera bags. If I pan my camera over there, you would send me into rehab because you'd think <laughs> that I had an obsession with camera bags because I do. Um, but we I all have, do. Don't worry about I it. I mean, we the, all do. the Think Tank Photos, I think, are the best bags out there. The difference with... The Mindshift Gear, they're made by the same guys, but the Mindshift Gear line of products is made more for the outdoors, you know, for people who are hiking and whatnot. So, for example, this First Light um, 30-liter backpack has incredibly comfy harness, so you can carry big gear 
for long distances out in the in the outdoors. Plus, it has a, a pocket for a little water bladder, so you can actually take hydration with you. Very, very well designed. Um, I mean, it has all the same features and the same thought uh, process behind the Think Tank bag. So um, I'm, I'm loving that first light bag. So what is what does that bag cost? Actually, I think it's somewhere around $300. Oh wait, I'm looking at it right now. I just looked it up. It is wait for it, two seventy nine ninety nine, two eighty bucks, two hundred eighty bucks. Yeah, and there, I mean, like I said, just you know, the Think Tank bags for me have been the best bags in the market for forever, and the Mindshift gear bags are made by the same guys. They're just more, you know, the, the Think Tank bags were mo- mostly made for photojournalists, urban photographers. Yeah. Um, but even though, even though I'm an, uh, an outdoor wildlife photographer, I I still use the Think Tank bags, but this Mindshift gear stuff. Is kind of a, a kind of the the mentality behind the think tank, but geared for the outdoors. So, very cool stuff. One, I completely unrelated to photography and yeah? the show. Okay, I thought, <laughs> I thought about you a couple days ago. I was watching a documentary. I think it was it was either on next Netflix or HBO Go, and it was called Wild, and it was about this woman who decided to hike from the Pacific Coast Trail yes. from. Mexico, the border of Mexico, all the way up through, all the way up to, you know, through California. And one scene in there, I thought about you in these trips that you take. Yeah, yeah. And one one scene was at the beginning of her trip. She had brought everything known to man. She's got like like Charlie Brown, right? She had everything. (laughs) And she's this little, this little woman. It was Reese Yeah. You're a Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. 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 She's this little woman and she like, she's like a turtle with a shell that's like five times too big trying to get Stand up. <laughs> well, you yeah. know, that that was actually a very popular book. And I read the book and I saw the movie. And yeah, she had this little woman. She had her backpack weighed over 100 pounds. You know, I almost weighed as much as she did. It was like incredible just that she was able to carry that. No, I'm a little more restrained than that, especially nowadays. I'm carrying a lot less equipment than I used to. So Yeah, yeah. But it, you know what it made me it made me realize because most of my camera bags, I have some think, think tank camera bags and some low pro and they all have the little rain shield that comes right. out that you can put over them. Right. And in one scene, she was using it on her backpack. She had the rain shield she pulled out over her backpack. I was like, <laughs> oh, okay, that's what that's for. That's what that's for, huh? <laughs> you know, I shoot models, man. We don't, we don't go through all that stuff. <laughs> so that was great. Love it. Yeah, so listeners, check that show out. It's called Wild. And I... I I think it's on it's either hbo go showtime it's an, or, an hbo go is a movie that HBO was go? out just like uh i don't know was out uh six months ago so yeah, yeah it's, it's an really, hbo go right now really really good it'll make you want to nice. hike make you want to go for a hike after you watch that cool all right thanks one all right dan ablin what's your pick of the week okay my pick of the week is something i just saw in wired magazine today called camera restricta and it uses gps metadata and it looks at, uh, I forget the numbers, 35 images. Uh, let's see. It identifies more than 35 photos taken in any given location, about 115 feet in any direction from where you're standing. And the camera shutter retracts and blocks the viewfinder so you can't take a photo. Um, so if you <laughs> end up going to the same places all the time and taking all the same photos, this camera will not let you. You have to find a new way. To see something and to take it. <laughs> so cool. And so there's a link on there to the article. I love and it. Talks all I about love it. it. Camera restricted. Um, all, all, all it needs is a whip to come out and whip you on the head. You know, yeah, I know. Bite your finger, something different. 
They need, you know, it'd be cool if they had some sort of software that would allow you to like celebrities could say, you know what? I don't want to ever be photographed at all. And this software would download into all the cameras on the planet. So whenever you aimed at that person, it would recognize the face and blur them. <laughs> That's kind of what this is doing. It's limiting your shutter. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's funny because when I when I was in school for photography, we had 24 or 36 shots. And they would say, take a shot right. of this garbage can. Take three rolls. Yeah. And you had to force yourself to see that. You know, now everybody's just shooting and shooting and shooting. Yeah. And even as I walk the city, I'm taking some of the same shots that I took 30 years ago when I was in high school. Um, so on one hand, it's like, hey, don't tell me what I can't take. But at the same time, it's kind of cool because it forces me to, you know, all right, you know, get back to where I was um, all those years ago and forcing my eye to see something a little bit different. Totally, totally. It reminds me when I, I went through a similar exercise when I was in the Air Force learning to be a photographer. And they had an exercise where they we were shooting film, obviously. So they you get one roll of film. Yeah. So 36 exposures and a 50 millimeter lens. They dropped us in downtown Denver because we were at the we were I think we were at the Air Force Academy at the time. So dropped us in downtown Denver and no, Colorado Springs, downtown Colorado Springs. And you got to come back with at least, I think they said seven to 10 workable head and shoulder shots with a 50 mil lens, which meant you had to get into You're the right. personal space and start a conversation. You know, the, the whole exercise was about, you know, breaking into the personal space and getting over your fears of talking to people. But yeah, you like 36 exposures. Talk about an exercise and limitation and making sure you got the shot. The the cherry on the, or the, the cherry on the cake or the, the cupcake was, it was slide film. <laughs> so mm. so slide film, if you guys, yeah, Chrome has uh, an exposure latitude of plus or minus a third of a stop. So I, you're being you kind. Gotta, <laughs> yeah, you got to nail it. You got to nail the exposure. So not only got to be competent, you're shooting manual, obviously. So you got to nail the exposure, nail the composition and start a conversation with a stranger and get the shot. So. Yeah, I think we should we should do one. You guys should do a workshop like this. We should. You know? Yeah, I think I think it would rock. All right, guys, we are at the end of another episode of TWIP. I want to thank our sponsor for their support of the show. Without them, the show would have not been possible. Juan Pons, what do you got coming up in the coming months? Well, like I said, my uh, my uh, workshop season is, is kicking off. I'm headed out to Acadia National Park in the next couple of weeks. But um, in December, I'm doing a workshop, another workshop at Bosque de la Pache in New Mexico. And I, if you don't know Bosque, it's a place where there's hundreds and thousands, actually, of snow geese and sandhill cranes coming in to roost at night. It's just spectacular with these beautiful uh, sunsets and sunrises. So I still have room in that workshop. Anybody that wants to check it out should go to my website and uh, look at all the pretty pictures and uh, what you'll be able to photograph. So, yeah, New, New Mexico, I love going out there, and uh, I'm, I'm happy to be going again this year. And what's what's your website URL again? My website is juanpons.com. O-R-G. That's J-U-A-N-P-O-N-S dot O-R-G. Excellent. And thanks for coming on the show, man. Always oh, thank a you. Always. You always a pleasure. I love being here. All right. Cool. And Dan Ablin, what's going on with you? What do you have coming up in the coming months? Not a whole lot. <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't doing nothing, man. I'm hanging out in Chicago, eating falafels. Uh, let's see. I'm speaking at a digital conference uh, in November. Uh, I got some new training videos coming up for 3dgarage.com. Um, and working on picking up some new 3D work and uh, 
networking and a few other things I can't talk about just yet, but, um, you know, looking for some collaboration, anybody that's out there. And that's, that's about it right now. Yeah. All right. And if people want to collaborate with you, work with you, hire you, where, where yeah, should they go uh, to connect with you? About, what is it? About.me slash Dan Ablin, A-B-L-A-N. Nice. About.me slash Dan Ablin. Yeah. And I'm working on updating my, my site. You should update your site. I know. You know, I'm 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 working on updating my site as well as Twip. In fact, I'll reveal it today. Oh. We're working on a, another mm-hmm. new redesign of this week in photo, um, which hopefully won't ha- it won't happen probably for another month or two. But when we do relaunch at Wampons, uh, something that we're working on better be included in there. What are we working on, Wampons? We're working on moving the digital photo experience over to the TWIP network. We're very excited yes. about that. And I think the, the summer got in the way and uh, messed up our schedule, but uh, we need to keep uh, keep at that. And hopefully, hopefully by the time we do the relaunch, that'd be great to do both relaunches at the same time. Yeah, yeah. There's it's no pressure. Be awesome. No pressure. It's going to be awesome. When, when we redesigned TWIP into its current incarnation, it was... It, granted, I love I love the look of Twip right now. It's beautiful. I do too. Yeah, but it's it's uh, it, you know it's like your family's growing and mm. you need more bedrooms. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're doubling up in bunk beds and sleeping on couches and stuff, and it's just uncomfortable. So we need to we need to make it a little bit more. And we're comfortable all sharing for one bathroom, the, right? Sharing one bathroom, yeah, <laughs> and one takes three hour showers. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's all that, you know, all that hair do that I got it. You know. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Well, cool. All right, lots of stuff to look forward to. Um, listeners, obviously, you can check us out at thisweekinphoto.com. Check out the site. And, geez, with that, it is time to take that lens cap off. <laughs> This Week in Photo is a Pixelcore.tv production, produced by Suzanne Llewellyn, with technical producers John Riley and Alutha Jamakar.